It's earnings week, and we've got a lot of really big numbers to talk about. But before we dive in, today's podcast is brought to you by my friends over at Devolutions and ITPro.tv. There'll be links in the description. Make sure to check them out. So, uh, big numbers. First off, somehow April has come and somehow April has gone. It has just been a huge month of just a lot of information and it rounds out with earnings week and quite literally all the major tech companies, you're talking Facebook, Apple, Google, Microsoft, and many others, just blew it out of the water uh, with just astronomical earnings. And so let's dive into some of the numbers from Microsoft because there's they gave a lot of information and, well, they left some off the table. So the first big number is revenue of $41.7 billion dues. That is a significant quarter for Microsoft, especially for Q1, or to put it another way, a non-holiday quarter for Microsoft. Uh, huge numbers with net income of 15.5 billion or about two Bethesdas or what could have been potentially one Discord um, somewhere in there, but not quite a nuance, which Microsoft is spending more and less than a LinkedIn, um, if you know your Microsoft acquisition history. A uh, couple highlights. Intelligent Cloud was at $15.1 billion. Microsoft still refuses to break out Azure-specific revenue. I don't... They, they're, they're not doing it probably because it's significantly behind AWS and they don't want to draw the, the apples to Azure comparison, if you will. Um, but they... They refuse to continue to do that. Uh, more personal computing, which includes things like Surface, Windows, and Xbox, and other things. Uh, 13 billion. Windows OEM revenue increased 10%. Surface revenue was a pretty healthy 1.5 billion. Uh, but Microsoft did give us some new numbers, which I think are worth discussing. They said that Microsoft Teams now has 145 million daily active users. Now, that is up about 30 million from the last number, which was in uh, after the end of the quarter last time. So they've added about 10 10 million daily active users per month to teams, which is like, that is phenomenal growth for a, a platform inside of Office 365. And so we'll continue to watch how well and how fast it grows. At some point, there will be a tipping point where they can't add that many people on a daily or a monthly basis. But for now, they added 10 million uh, each month last quarter, which is, there's no other way to describe that incredible. Uh, Microsoft also said that Windows 10 now has 1.3 daily monthly active devices. Now that's slightly different than the Teams number. The Teams number is daily active users, and this is monthly active devices. So 1.3 billion devices now running Windows 10. They also said that Office 365 now has 300 million paid seats. So if you're paying attention closely there, if there's 300 million paid seats, now some of that I believe are consumer, I believe, um, really tells you that, hey, Teams is at 145, there's 300 million. So there's, you know, somewhere around a max potential of another 150 million they could add to Teams, but that's not quite a realistic expectation. But there is definitely more headroom, uh, if you will, to add more users to Teams. And so just... You look at that and there's just a phenomenal amount of people using Microsoft technologies every single day. And I, I don't think that that fact is lost on Microsoft either. A um, couple numbers they didn't give us, which is always disappointing because I always leave some off the table besides Azure revenue. We also didn't really get much on the Xbox side. We did get that it was $3.5 in revenue. And their hardware sales were up 232%, which is a healthy growth. But we were looking specifically more for Game Pass numbers, which is somewhere around the mid, like, I think 22, 23 million uh, is my understanding of where roughly they are at. But no explicit numbers. So uh, big week for Microsoft in terms of just revenue. And there's no other way to describe it that the company is incredibly healthy. And because of what happened in 2020, uh, Microsoft is clearly a big winner on the business front for that. Uh, 
mostly because of their cloud services and their infrastructure and their productivity tools, especially for remote workers, they have been able to grab market share and dollars off the table. So uh, the, the question becomes, like, when will this incredible growth slow down? We don't quite know. Many might have suggested, hey, like about now it should be slowing down because people have already moved and they should be you know, pretty established in the remote work. But very clearly that wasn't the case during the first quarter of the year. And so it might be plausible to assume that, hey, this might continue for a little bit, but we don't quite know. Microsoft is a bit more bullish on it, uh, saying that, hey, we believe that this transformation is still continuing and it's going on, I think, actually a little bit longer than they initially expected if you were to ask them about a year ago. Uh, a couple things outside of earnings. Uh, Excel on the web has a new show changes features, which is going to help uh, do the collaborations and spreadsheets. I'm really surprised this didn't exist a long time ago. This has been something inside of Word that has existed for eons, and so now it is finally available for uh, Excel. Uh, Windows 10 21H1 is now complete, so this is the spring update for Windows 10. It is now out in the release preview. It should be arriving on your machine more than likely, or should be released, I think, officially to all machines next month if you have any blocking issues then potentially you may not get it there's nothing really majorly new in this one remember this is most of like the windows hello updates it's a pretty minor feature release which i'm perfectly okay with i don't want to like i don't want to be dogging on this in any capacity i've been talking about hey one major update per year that looks like it's going to be in the fall uh with sun valley so that is a big deal here uh that this is just a minor update because hey it's not gonna hopefully hopefully not upend your life a couple other things. We are officially less than a month away from Microsoft Build. That is their big developer show that they have in the spring. Typically, I'd be getting on a, a big uh, metal tube and flying over to Seattle to go hang out with those people and try to learn more and you know poke around and, and figure out what's really going on. But this one will be virtual to very little surprise, but that should be another big announcement, a big event that is very much developer-focused, so don't expect a lot of end-user stuff, but there's always seems to be some because you got to court the developers before the end-user stuff arrives if they need to build things or adjust their applications to take advantage of what is coming down the pipeline. So uh, if you want to take advantage of other things that are coming down the pipeline, you should listen to my friends, what they have to say over at Devolutions. Remote Desktop Manager helps you centralize, manage, and secure access to remote connections, tools, and passwords on a single platform. Streamline your daily workflow with powerful automation tools and securely launch remote sessions without even seeing the credentials. No more pesky sticky notes with passwords on them. Okay, on to the gaming news. Well, we dabbled in it a little bit with Microsoft not giving us numbers uh, for Game Pass and, and some other things. Overall, though, it looks like it was a pretty healthy quarter for Xbox You know, at a high level from what we understand. Again, they had a lot of big of announcements throughout uh, the first quarter and the revenue was uh, $3.5 for gaming inside of Microsoft in a single quarter is pretty darn good and that's continuing to grow and not to mention their hardware sales uh, could have been higher if Microsoft could have been able to make more consoles but they that is I mean it's I guess technically Microsoft's fault, but not really. I mean, it's an industry industry problem right now with getting more hardware, and there's a lot of products uh, that, that are not on store shelves because they can't get the chips and everything else that they need. But other things besides earnings, uh, Epic said that they will not release Fortnite on Xbox Cloud Gaming. Now, I'm sure they have a number of reasons. One being like they, they just don't want it on there because obviously it's their own IP and they want to control the narrative as much as possible. They can make pretty valid arguments that, hey, the experience isn't up to the level that we would like and we don't want our users to do that. I also think it's primarily that Epic just really just wants to control everything and they don't want Microsoft to take away any control uh, from their products and platforms. This is sort of a narrative that is not unique. While Fortnite get caught out here because it's one of the biggest games in the industry especially largest one of the largest battle royale titles out there still today 
other vendors are also in the same thing. Unless Microsoft is going to help pay for some things, which they might be and might be willing to do. But there's a licensing thing. This highlights that licensing issue that Microsoft just can't throw anything into its cloud streaming service. They have to have the rights to do that. And if vendors don't want to give them that right, then they can't do it. And this is uh, just one of those cases. The other big thing, which I think is going to potentially might tie into build, as I referenced earlier, is that Microsoft is relaxing the, starting in August, I should say, they're going to relax the, the cut that they take in the Microsoft Store from uh, 30% down to 12%. And I believe this is going to tie in nicely to them relaxing some of their policies, allowing a lot more different style apps and CDNs or content delivery networks into the Microsoft Store, truly making the Microsoft Store app just a, a front, if you will, or a, a, a shopping mall, I guess might be a better analogy because you go to the mall and there's a whole bunch of different stores inside of there or different places you can get content. Um, I, I believe these very well might be uh, related. There was also a pretty big Halo Infinite post that went out yesterday. I recommend you read the whole thing, but a couple things to take away. They're trying out some new anti-cheat stuff, which I think will be super interesting. They're saying no kernel level um, operations and they're going to be doing it through based on like what the user's actually doing. It's a different approach. Um, I don't candidly don't always love the way that they are writing these blog posts because they're like sort of like an interview internally rather than like an, an, an announcement. Um, that being said, uh, it is a very lengthy post and something you should go read if you're truly invested deep into the Halo community. I'll be very curious to see how this anti-cheat process works for them because cheating in especially on PC gaming is pretty rampant right especially on Warzone uh, Destiny 2 is also pretty rampant that way and so clearly cheaters have been able to figure out how to get around some of the driver level or kernel level protections that are built into the system and so it looks like uh, 343 almost said Bungie is going to be taking a different approach for this we'll see how it shakes out um other things we know are that like crossplay is definitely going to be there. There's going to be ranked play, and there's also going to be ways to limit yourself so that if you're on a controller and you're playing ranked play and you don't want to go up against somebody with a keyboard and mouse, that will also be factored in as well. The thing I honestly took away from this is that 343 is putting a lot of effort not that they didn't previously, not that other companies haven't, but they really start to open up about some of the thought process about how they are making decisions and why they are making decisions. And so it's an interesting look about how and, and all the complexities of building out just an online multiplayer arena, especially when you're playing cross-play. So um, again, I highly recommend you go read that. The, the one other thing that I kind of took away from this is the ability to move between platforms seamlessly. They're talking about cross-play. They're also talking about taking content from uh, PC to the console and everything else. They also open up about multiplayer being free for everybody. But what I really think what they're starting to hint at here is that this is going to become more and more common that, hey, you can play on PC, you can play on console, you can play anywhere for free, not for free, but your save comes with you along that journey, meaning you can just pick up and go as you desire, which is a pretty unique feature for Microsoft, right? I, because they own the PC side, they own the console side, they also own the cloud side. They have these three um, different avenues for playing gaming content. And by allowing you to just seamlessly move between them, that's a pretty big value proposition, in my opinion. Sure, you may not, you might always want to play on your console. And if that's you, that is perfectly fine. But if you find yourself, like if your console crashes or something and you need to send it back for repair, you can go play it on your PC or play it in the cloud. I think that's a pretty compelling argument uh, and a pretty neat feature of the game plan game plus game pass subscription model uh, other things out in the industry sony has announced that they have sold or i believe it's shipped somewhere around 8 million playstation 5 consoles so we don't have any real tangible insight into where microsoft is at this time still poking around but microsoft is holding that number extremely close to the chest and i also well 
part of me is thinking like, hey, if Microsoft is anywhere near 8 million, they will absolutely announce that number. But I suspect that they don't, they aren't. Remember, there was already initial supply supply constraints when the console launched because they got started a little bit later because I believe they were waiting for RDNA 2 to get finalized and polished, which means they started building later. But I think long-term, it was the better move. Um, I still fully expect that PlayStation will outsell the Xbox Series family this generation just because Microsoft, Sony had roughly a two to one lead over last generation. And for Microsoft to get that thing, get that gap down to anything less than two to one is considered a win at this point. But keep in mind that Microsoft's true benchmark for success is going to be Game Pass. That is where Microsoft wants gamers. They want to sell consoles, don't get me wrong, they're, and they're selling every single one they can make and they're not giving up on that. But the true KPI or key performance index, if you will, for our indicator, I should say, for this generation is definitely Game Pass. And so keep that in mind as Microsoft continues to go forward. Before we jump over to the questions, make sure to check out my friends over at itpro.tv. And if you go to itpro.tv slash Sam's, you can find a 30% off coupon. This is a great way to go and upskill yourself. If you need to educate yourself on just many different enterprise and SMB and, and all sorts of productivity platforms it pro tv has the information and has the courses that feel more like a conversation and less like a classroom so go check out itpro.tv upskill yourself before you head back into that office make yourself just a little bit more educated and just have a little bit more fun while you are doing that so uh let's jump into the questions of the week here da -da 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 -da. if i could find my tabs because where is that window? There it is. Okay. So every week I tweet these out roughly. Uh, yesterday I was off the mark around, around 1 p.m. Eastern time. Yesterday was around 2 p.m. But they always get thrown up on Thorat.com. And so we are jumping into the questions of the week. The first one comes from JNBCK says, are there any announcements you were looking forward to at Build? What will be the new and exciting Microsoft dev world? So things to pay attention for at uh, Build. What is happening with WinUI? Right, that is the I believe they're on what iteration three. They're just starting to ship this stuff now. Uh, I would be looking out for updates for that. I'm also going to be this would be in my opinion the place where Microsoft would announce the significant changes coming to the Windows Store or Microsoft Store, whatever we're calling it this week, uh, because these are the people that will be bringing applications to it. So they could announce the new policy changes, meaning that people can bring their own apps. They don't have to be an MSIX package. They could be Win32 or whatever, uh, and they can also build up their own CDNs to deliver applications through this and the update modeling. And so this would be the place where Microsoft would talk about how developers can do that more specifically, how they can build that content delivery network um, to be able to service their applications that are in through the store. So those are some pretty big updates. Also, I'm hoping that we'll hear more about Sun Valley or the update coming this fall for Windows 10. It doesn't necessarily have to be talked about here, but it would be a good place to start talking about that. Windows has been left out of the build conversation for far too long. And I think that would be a good place to start to sort of drive interest towards what Microsoft is doing. Not to mention if they are truly shipping this fall, they're going to have to start shipping um, some pre-release stuff here soon to get feedback and more importantly, to check for bugs and other updates that are going to be potentially impacted by this. So look out for WinUI, the store updates, and hopefully we'll see some about Sun Valley. Uh, SRRLX, can I use the browser on the Xbox One S to access xCloud? Maybe. If you have the new browser, um, technically, yes, you can. I don't believe 
the classic edge will function with xCloud because it's an unsupported browser and I don't I haven't tried it on classic edge uh, but the new edge that is coming down the pipeline that you may or may not have if you're on the insider stuff might should work so uh, Ingor for Mac says any news on the service to Odoo? is it still coming this year um, I'm not quite sure if it is still coming I know I haven't heard fully what's happening with the duo in the fall yet um, so I don't I'm still poking around on that one and is the service Neo really canceled well, yeah the C service Neo was so Microsoft will officially say it was delayed uh, but I'm pretty sure it has been shelved at this point I mean Microsoft just because they're not going to ship it which we already knew because Microsoft already said that was going to be happening doesn't mean it's fully canceled but here's the problem let's say Microsoft is going to ship it here they're going to have to update the internal specs at some point because uh, if it ships this fall being super optimistic I'm not sure that's going to be happening the, the, spe the stuff inside is going to be like two or three three years old i think three years old at this point so it'd be super outdated when it would go to hit retail shelves which is not going to help uh, move things so like the these the exact model that we saw microsoft initially announced that might be canceled because they would have to update the specs before they could ship it but the form factor still can very much ship uh eternal uh shadow says uh between the years 2017 2018 phil stated that windows is something i'm very committed to and i've heard feedback about our store i'm going to take a bigger leadership role on what is happening and going on with the store and make it really tailored to gamers that we know we want to see uh the best of what we hear hear from if game pass is already out to customers and now on pc how can microsoft improve their store now that game pass is successful and the microsoft store is not as attractive as compared to steam or the epic store so this is what i was talking about with the store uh, microsoft is already cutting their their percentage so right off the bat from a changing nothing like from a physical only a policy perspective microsoft is now giving developers 88 percent of the revenue that is coming through the microsoft store 88 percent is much better than um the the 70 percent they were getting through the microsoft store and 70 percent on other platforms so that is step one the other way they're going to be able to do this i think is going to be help more independent developers actually build out their own store right in store inside of a store right now if you want to sell a game you got to put it on steam and there's that's fine steam is a great platform steam is the, the the premier platform but you have to play by steam's rules if you don't want to play by those rules and you want to kind of run your own gamut you can try to offer it independently outside of a store ecosystem but that's pretty rough to do these days so i think microsoft is trying to build out a store that is much more friendly and much more open if you will than something like steam where you have to pretty much abide by their rules so i think that might be the path that they take almost like the open source model for a game store as opposed to the quote-unquote closed ecosystem of the steam platform i think that's exactly the route that they're taking uh, a Kubert says, hi, Brad, I'm looking to purchase a Surface Pro 7 Plus or a Lenovo X12 tablet. Do you have any thoughts on which might be the best for a mid-level business to use? Any sort of changes you would, you any sort of changes do you see for the Surface Pro refresh this fall, major design changes or continued minor updates? Uh, so this fall, I think we are finally going to see the Surface Pro adopt the form factor, meaning thinner bezels of the Surface Pro X. That is what I have heard and is finally happening this year after roughly almost a two-year delay um, for multiple different reasons. So if you're truly locked on the Surface Pro and you don't want it to look outdated, I would probably wait until the fall. Um, if you are concerned about buying a device, if you need a device now and you don't want it to look outdated in the fall, then I would run probably with the Lenovo X12. Lenovo makes great products. Uh, I know many people who have them and, and they're very happy with them. So the, the real question you need to decide is, do I need a, a, uh, a device now? And if you do, I would probably go with the X12. 
If you can wait until the fall, I would probably wait to see what the new Surface Pro update looks like. That is that is the route uh, I would take. Uh, Mooncake says, I was thinking, uh, could you ever see Microsoft start their own chip making line like Apple with the M1 chip? They have so many products that could make use of it. Uh, we could see the MS1 chip uh, powering the Surface Azure, Xbox, AR, VR, and the Duo on their phone lineup. So this is a, a pretty natural conversation, right? Apple has gone all in and has been building their own chips for a while. Now, Microsoft has kind of sort of gone down this route. Like they have these Surface Edition stuff um, from AMD and I believe Qualcomm. Uh, they've done that as well where they kind of customize their chips a little bit, but usually just boosting clock speed and some other minor stuff. Candidly, I don't think Microsoft is going to go all in on building their own chip like Apple is. There's multiple reasons. One, they need their partners to exist to help them build product. If Microsoft goes and builds their own stuff for their own product line, it would probably have to be ARM. I think that is probably a natural uh, uh, conclusion that you'd have to make. But they still need Intel and AMD. Intel and AMD are, are huge partners in the PC space. I don't. I was looking for my Surface Laptop 4, just shipped. Uh, Microsoft also needs AMD on the Xbox console. It would be a huge feat for Microsoft to get this up and running. And I think for now, and at least the foreseeable future, they will continue to partner for people in partner with these companies companies in the consumer or like end user space. The one place I could potentially see them going a little bit more aggressive and building their own stack or chips potentially would be in the data center because that's a pretty easy, easier path because they, it's a known finite uh, model because they already have all these data centers and they could build out chips that they could replace them with. But that being said, I still don't think that Microsoft is going to go their full custom route. They might work with Intel or AMD to build custom solutions for their own stuff, but to go and, and you know, fab their own chips. I don't quite think that is going to be the, the route that Microsoft ends up going. Uh, and then Mr. PKI, saving mine for per last, uh, saving mine for last. Yes, he is. Uh, listening to the first spring daily, it sounds, it's starting to sound like xCloud on mobile devices is almost useless if you use touch controls. Is xCloud on a phone pretty much a bust or will it actually improve? So what he's referring to here, and again, I'm looking for my Duo, which I have all this stuff upstairs, is using the touch controls um, on a device. On the Duo, it's okay, but what he's referring to is like on the iPhone, you use the touch controls. And I, it's really, if you're going to be using uh, cloud streaming, you need to have a third-party controller or, or a third, con an external controller, not necessarily third-party. You can use things like an Xbox controller with a clip. Um, you can use a Backbone, which my review will hopefully be going up next week, or Razer Kishi make the experience significantly better. But using touch controls, while it technically works and it is a viable, it, it is an option, it's not a great experience. It, it's not my preferred way to play it, and I would struggle uh, pretty immensely trying to do that. You might be able to get away with like Minecraft dungeons or, or ori in that capacity where there's limited button configuration but anything that requires fast movement or even just like accurate precise control would be tough i bet tetris would probably work with touch controls but generally speaking if you're planning to play cloud streaming on a mobile device you're going to want an additional controller um, and i don't think that's necessarily unique to like microsoft's games i mean i think you're gonna have that same issue with stadia uh, i believe you have that same issue with some of apple's arcade titles it's the same thing like on analog quote-unquote analog joystick movements on a flat surface that has no feedback is just not a good experience in my opinion. So uh, you, you need to start looking into additional devices if you want to truly be playing cloud streaming on the go. But Microsoft, again, still has some work to do to make that just a really awesome and robust experience. Right now, it's still in the early stages and it's on the borderline of acceptable, um, especially, but it's it fails in like competitive multiplayer arrangements. So 
That pretty much wraps it up for this week, guys. It has been a, a busy week, a big week of numbers. We are heading into, well, April's done, so now we're heading into the next month here, uh, getting closer to that warmer season, getting closer to Bill, getting closer to E3. There's a whole bunch of stuff on the horizon. But before we go, make sure you check out uh, the links below from my friends over at Devolutions and ITPro.tv. That's ITPro.tv slash Sam's for a free coupon, free coupon trial offer, not trial offer, 30% offer for Sam's Report listeners only. And so with that, folks, make sure to always keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me.